podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A view from the bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Wednesday, the 5th of December 2018. My name is Patrick Smith. It's December, nearly Christmas. Um, welcome along to the show, guys. It's uh, an interesting week for the Belfast Giants. Two wins, one in the Challenge Cup, quite convincingly, and then a split weekend against the Sheffield Steelers. We'll be speaking with Adam Keefe, Omar Pasha, and Aaron Murphy on this week's show. But first up. Guess who's back? Back, 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 back. How are you doing, Davey? good to be back. It's good to be back. How was your holiday? It was very good. Um, jumped off a bridge? I jumped off a bridge. Um, you were <laughs> attached to something, though. You were attached to something. I'm so not saying good. whether I wasn't pushed, but um, <laughs> I wasn't left a lot of choice. But uh, yeah, I jumped off a, the highest bungee in the world. Um, but I've bounced back and uh, I'm here. Uh, was it fun? The, the bungee no. jump? It was one of those, Paddy. I've got to be honest. It was like watching somebody else do it. I, you know, I've seen the videos. I was there, but it was a really like out of body experience. I wouldn't necessarily be one that would be absolutely magnificent at heights, and uh, to jump off the biggest bungee in the world, it, it just, it, I just didn't think about it. I just went. The kids were there. Cat was there. I was getting a bit of pressure to it. I just went and jumped, and that was it. Now, for a pretty minute, I watched the video and I thought to myself, Nah. Not for me. Not for me. Also, it's uh, we pass over to. Well, let me see what we're going to. I'll just use this one. Yeah. How Dan says. I'm okay, man. I'm just glad they didn't ask me to jump off that rope. I don't think it's one strong enough. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. Uh-huh. Give it a go. No, that do you know, and I'll never find out either. Don't worry about that. <laughs> right. Let's get stuck into the uh, the week's games. The Belfast Giants. Uh, started off with last week with the game on Wednesday night against the Dundee Stars. And what a convincing win that was for the Giants. First leg of the Challenge Cup quarterfinal at the Dundee Ice Arena and an 8-zip win for the Belfast Giants. Your scores in the first period were two by David Rutherford and one on the power play from Kyle Bond. Into the second period, you had a power play goal from Jonathan Furland and an even strength on assisted goal from Lewis Hook and an absolute stunner of a shorthanded goal from Hunter Bishop. Uh, you also had a shorthanded goal from Kyle Bond and that made it 7 0 Giants didn't let up in the third. Jim Vandermeer rounded out, scoring at 8-0. Um, in nets, Tyler Beskarowani, the win, 21 saves. Shout out, 21 saves, 21 shots. The other side, Craig Holland, Sheepdog, was in net for the Dundee Stars. He got the loss, 24 saves, 32 shots. Your referees, well, that was Pavel Hallis and Tom Darnell. No doubt will come up in discussions. Uh, Davey, welcome back. That was a walkover. Yeah, it's always nice to to get get one of those games, especially when you're in, in the thick of a of a long road stretch like we were. And and of course, it, it 
you know, without being too disrespectful, it kind of puts one skate into the semi-finals for you. You know, we'll have to take the second leg very seriously and very professional, but gives you a big, big boost to go in with an eight, with an eight goal lead into a home game. You know, we came out well. The, the first goal from Rudy's an actual peach because he's left sheepdog looking for his dinner there. He's, he's digging one way or the other, popped it in the end. The second one coming down off the right boards and flipping it in over the shoulder to pop a water bottle was great. And, but we just went on from there. You know, we did the same in the second period and, and allowed us to take the foot off the gas. But in the third, Vandy coming up with a goal just to make it eight. And Adam Case 400th goal uh, uh, as a coach in just, you know, a season and a little bit. So, you know, it's, it sort of shows you how what an offensively stacked team we have and uh, goals coming from everywhere, goals coming from every line, not just that uh, Riley Rutherford um, Murphy line that's been so so good. But again, I know he only had 21 shots to save, only three shots faced in, in the second period. But Besco again, coming up with the shutout, um, his second of the month. And uh, it, it was just, a, it was one of those performance, Paddy. You can't really say too much about it. We just, we took a team that were a wee bit down on their luck that night and we absolutely rammed home a dominant performance. Yeah, I'm not going to linger too long on this game because of the fact that you know it was so dominant. Says as good as the Belfast Giants were, you could see the disappointment from Warpashi at the stars. They just they just weren't at the races. No, and you know we've got plenty of time for for Pasha. He always comes on the show, and and I, I felt a wee bit you know embarrassed for him because his team just didn't turn up. Um, she and I. Yeah, you, you're back up, and sometimes we've been spanked by the back up, and that's yep. that was the concern going into the game. Um, you know, some guys maybe don't try as hard to take their their foot off the pedal. And one thing we didn't do for for the first forty minutes anyway was was take the foot off the pedal. The guys really wanted that. Um, some nice goals, um, best goal again. Didn't really have to do very much. Picked up a man of the match. Picked up a shutout. Sheepdog didn't get any help. Eight um, nil. And to be honest. I don't even think we tried in the third period. I just thought it was of uh, a matter of, of trying to slow up, make sure everybody's you know rotating, getting nice time, and and uh, taking the eight nil back to the Belfast, which is obviously going to be next week. Um, David, just briefly, bit of a heavy penalty count for the Belfast chance in this game. Um, funny old game. Um, we actually track which of the two referees <laughs> gives the penalties, and it's uh, it's heavily stacked one way. Um. You know, you can, the, the letter of the law, a lot of them were, a lot of them were penalties. You know, you talk about letting them play and stuff, but it's just a little itty bitty penalties that are just so soft. There were there a lot of very soft calls in, in a game that wasn't, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine minor penalties in a game where there was hardly a, you know, there was hardly a hit in the game. Um, there was a hardly a shot blocked in the game. You know, it was just one of those games where, the Giants were so dominant that was as Simon has said the third the third period was almost played at a wreck pace and you know even in the third period we came up with slash and hole and interference calls and it's just it wasn't a great performance from their refereeing mm. team. Says one last comment. Obviously, the second leg of this is on the eleventh of December, Tuesday night uh, next week, um, back at the SSE Arena, and that's going to be a tough sell for Mark Brooks. Well, you know he's got to earn his corn some way. Um, <laughs> The uh, you know he'll still get the the diehards going to it you know expect probably fifteen sixteen seventeen hundred to be there um, Tuesday night you know hopefully it's not a cold one because you know when it's cold people just want to stay at home they've got the option of watching a webcast um, and maybe have a decent commentator on for a while for a change um, but it's uh, not going to be you 
No, I mean, I'll be sitting in Barcelona, um, you know, with uh, watching Barcelona Spurs next season. It was a, this game was, was organized after I'd organized the 50th birthday present for my brother. So um, we're taking them out there to, to watch um, Messi hopefully get spanked by Tottenham and move on to the next game. But sure, we'll, we'll talk about that later. The, um, no, it, it's, it's one of those where, you know, it, it's a pain in the backside um, having to play a game with your 8 nil up. Um, the guys maybe I, I can see Adam maybe sitting some guys if they're maybe carrying a little bit of a niggle um, I can see um, either Steve Murphy or Andrew Dick can get nice time uh, so it's you know, best goal I'd like to think he'll probably get the night off but you know Dundee have got to come out but you know we, we, we talked about we've got three games to play before we get to that game yep. um, hopefully we get out of all these three games fresh and we can pick up a couple more wins uh, or three wins hopefully but uh, Dundee play us tomorrow night. No, sorry, Wednesday night. Um, and they're going to want to try and make that right, which is, again, you know, after being spanked 8-0 in your own barn, uh, you know, Omar Pasha will have those guys right up for that game and the return game on the 11th. 100%. The highlights on this game from Stars TV, you can find that on kingdomofthegiants.com. Uh, we'll come back to that game against the Stars on Wednesday. We'll come back to that later on. Uh, and we'll go to Saturday and Sunday's game. The Belfast Giants took the Sheffield Steelers on for the first time this season and made their first trip to the Fly DSA Arena in Sheffield. Six goals apiece, two points apiece over the course of the weekend. I'll give all the stats and then we'll talk about the games. Um, Saturday night, a 4-2 victory for the Belfast Giants. Uh, scoring open by David Rutherford before Robert Dowd and the power play leveled it up in the second period to make it 1-1. Into the third, and the Giants started to take hold. Francis Bavia with a lovely bit of control to finish over uh, Matt Clemmy, and then Blair Riley made it 3-1. Eric Neely got a penalty shot about midway through the third period to make it interesting at 3-2, but Darcy Murphy rounded out the scoring with an empty net goal 4-2 in goals. As I mentioned, Matt Clemmy for the Sheffield Steelers with the lost 24 saves of 27 shots. Tyler Beskarawani, 22 saves of 20 shots. Your referees that night were Stefan Hogarth and Tom Perring. And the scoreline was reversed on Sunday. A 4-2 win for the Sheffield Steelers. Scoring in that game was opened within the first five or so minutes from Robert Dowd, two of them, uh, to put them 2-0 up at the end of the first. That was made 3 and then 4-0 in the second period. Josh McFadden and Ben O'Connor on a power play made it 4-0. Uh, Jans did get a goal before the second period was out. Francis Beauvillé with the second of the weekend for him made it 4-1. And in the third, in the final minute, a bit of a consolation goal, but a goal nonetheless in his second of the weekend for Blair Riley. 4-2, the final score. In goal, Jackson Whistle with the win, 28 saves off 30 shots and Tyler Besker 28 saves off 32 shots your referees that night were Tom Darnell and Dean Smith says uh, honours even on the weekend a fair result uh, going by the the form yes uh, you know Sheffield have turned it around uh, since uh, Tom Barrasso came in uh, their new goalie you know he, he, he made some good saves on Saturday night uh, and obviously to get Jackson uh, the game on Sunday um but you know we didn't. And we'll talk about that now because I don't think we put them under enough pressure at all. Um, but Saturday's game, I thought the guys really started well. First twenty minutes, uh, I thought we came out on top. And 
you know, getting that goal by Rudy. Uh, again, you know, Rudy Murphy and, and Ryans have been playing well of late. Um, and then they come back into it, you know, getting a power play goal. Uh, was it Rob Dowd scored mm-hmm. the, their first goal? Yep. Um, and then at the start of the third, you know, thought we really did step it up in the start of the third. But you knew that Sheffield were going to come at you again. You're 3-1 up. Um, you know, it's that two-goal lead's always a bit nervous. And, um, you know, they get the penalty shot, which, you know, it's, it's clear as penalty shot as you're going to get. Uh, great finish by Eric Nitty. He's just come back into play. Was that his first game back for them? No, no, um, not, 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 not his first game, but uh, but he probably his best performance so far, having returned. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he, he's a decent player. Uh, great finish, the penalty shot past Besco. Um, and, you know, just to solidify things, Murph got the, the empty netter. But I thought that, again, you could see that the difference from earlier in the season of watching the highlights again for, against Sheffield. That was our first game against them this year. Uh, you know, they, they impressed me. Their work, work rate, sorry, was was uh, was impressive. I thought that, you know, you can see that the couple of additions that they made, Ben O'Connor's always, you know, when he comes back into that lineup, they're a completely different team. He's, you know, you can see why he's had uh, the best British defenseman for the last number of years. He's been outstanding. Um, uh, he's a real, real good addition to back to Sheffield again for them. So picking up the three points there, I thought, you know, was was deserved mm-hmm. Sunday. I don't. I, I think we got what they deserved on Sunday. I, th- I honestly thought the guys looked absolutely busted. We've played a lot of games. Um, I thought that we looked lethargic. I thought that, you know, we, we really didn't get going at all. You know, they're 4-0 up. Could have been more. Besco, you know, put off a number of good saves. Um, we get a goal. You're sitting thinking, right, okay, you know, we maybe get another one before the end of the second period and, and push on from there, but didn't happen. Um, it was disappointing, but with the run of form of uh, since the, the road trip of, you know, 14 games uh, and winning 12 and 2, you, you can't complain. You just can't have a go at the guys for it. You know, they've been absolutely outstanding. We talked about it last week. We talked about it the week before. Don't get ahead of yourselves. You know, it's, there's a long, long way to go in this season. Um, I don't think it's anything to, you know, you're, you're certainly not one game, one loss isn't going to, um, you know, put you on a downward spiral. I think we're, we're going to come back out this week and uh, we're going to show exactly what we're made of because we have a brilliant team this year. Um, but unfortunately, Sunday was probably one game too far for them um, after that 14-game, 15-game road trip. Davey, you, your take across the weekend, is, that first game, Jans come out with real jump in the first period. They get that lead. But in the second period, Sheffield start to ramp it up and show exactly the changes that have been made and the and the and the confidence they've gained under Tom Barrasso. I would say across the six periods of the game of the two games, I would say a fairly evenly split of three periods of fairly good domination per team. So I can't really complain too much about splitting the points. And and if you looked at the form guide, I think Simon might have mentioned that at the start too. If you looked at the form. Before the start of the game, you know, you're going into the house of steel over over a, over a weekend, two away games. You're going to be potentially pretty happy with two points um, out of four. I'm certainly not too disappointed. We're not going to get too down on on mm-hmm. you know second defeat in, in 15 games. It's uh, it's been a heck of a run, and you know they came at us really really well on the Sunday. Caught us cold, and and when you're chasing against a decent hockey side, um, you're going to struggle. And we, we just left ourselves too big a mountain to climb. And even though I think in that third period, they tried to trap us out of it and then they just sat back and made us come at them and dump it in deep. And 
they iced the puck a lot. So they, they, they were happy enough with that's, the setup that, just there. So that's a good point, actually, because I think comment was made in through that game. I was with um, formerly of this parish, Neil Russell, and, and our good friend Gavin Hall. And we're quite surprised at how many times the puck was iced in that game. It just seemed to happen over and over and over. Well, it's it's just a, a you know tactic employed yeah, to, yeah. to take the pressure off yourself. They force the Giants to come in and, and dump from the halfway line, and then you're obviously you know the likes of Martinelli was just sweeping in behind there, throwing it up the boards, and, and we'll just take that all night long, and we'll run the clock down. And you know the Giants took the power play to get ourselves that that second goal, and you know we just uh, too little, too late. Um, I think on Sunday night they deserved the win. I think on Saturday night. We certainly deserved the win. You know, we came out pretty fast in that game. Got that nice go-ahead goal with Reedy. And, and you know, we, we pretty much dominated, I would say, until 36, 37 minutes gone, and they started to get a foothold in the game. We came out in that third period and got the early goal crucial. And, uh, you know, from then, I think we were pretty comfortable. Besco, as he has been for the last six, seven weeks, is seeing like a beach ball. And, despite them coming on with a lot of pressure, I didn't feel feel like it was they were going to turn that round and kind of felt that way on Sunday night as well. They, they they defended very, very well as a team on Sunday night. And it didn't feel that after you know, after half an hour or really the fourth goal was a was a hammer blow to us. Uh, I sent a little message to somebody whenever that fourth one went in just saying that's game over. You know, it didn't see a way back in despite how well we've been playing. But mm. you know Two big crowds in, fantastic crowd over from Belfast there as well. Give it their all. And to come away, as I say, with two points out of four is nothing to be to be ashamed of. Since you mentioned it earlier on, that second game, that maybe the Giants didn't put enough pressure on Jackson Whistle. Yeah, I, I thought he had an easy night. Um, you know, when we did start to put pressure on it, scored two goals. Uh, mm. But it was too little, too late at that stage. Um, you know, we know Jackson's a... Uh, what type of goal he is. He played well for us last year. He won us a championship, and for that, we thank him. But he's wearing a different colour shirt now, so I couldn't really care less. Um, the, uh, you know, I, I just thought that we, we sort of gave him an easy ride, which uh, was disappointing because I really wanted to put it to Sheffield that night. Um, you certainly, you know, when, you, when you're playing against your old team, you you, you sort of up your, your game a bit. And to be honest, you know, I heard, I've seen a lot of, of uh, negativity from some, Sheffield people tweeting on uh, uh, on Saturday evening about the alleged abuse that Jackson was getting. Do you know what? Grow up. Um, you know, it's sport. You're trying to put somebody off their game. They're winding people up. You know, I have no issue with that whatsoever. You know, I know that it's, you know, you, you try and get under somebody's skin when they're playing at the, at the arena and, and, you know, Boomerang Corner do a great job at that. Um, remember the Brand Stewart from Coventry and, <laughs> and uh, you know, they, they absolutely loved him and, and every time we came into Belfast, he was one of the best goalies at the league, but they just got under his skin. And I, I have absolutely no issue with that whatsoever. Says, but, um, sorry, just on that, I'll let you go on with your... I, I'm listening to Kevin Peterson's autobiography again, and he talks about being out in Australia. And for three months, you know, there's just an Australian standing at the boundary, no matter where he's playing, just going, Kevin. He says, you know, after three months, a done time for murder, it gets on their pro athlete skin. And you know, if that's our job as fans, is to put the other team off. If it annoys you as an away fan, I don't care. 
our job as a fan in the stands is to give our team. We're not just there to watch the game. You're, you know, we're not here to take part. We're here to take over that old thing again. You know, if you're there to support your team, you do everything you can to put the opposition off. That's your job. Do you know? Do you know the one thing that I was always told a long, long time ago um, is that you only shout at players that you think can make a difference. Yeah. Hmm. You know, yeah, you so shout at the rubbish. Sh- <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not going to shout at the likes of um, uh, Ben Bounds or anything like that. No, but they're not. <laughs> they're they're, uh, they're not going to not going to have a go at at um, at guys who you maybe just don't think are going to make a difference. Again, Jackson was in Belfast. His time's, you know, done in Belfast for, for now. When he comes back in the future, I have absolutely no idea. Um, I certainly wouldn't swap Beskarani for anybody in the league right now. Uh, but, you know, just, again, I have no issue with it. Just, if you want to try and put him off his game, that's fine. Part of the but, game, man. Absolutely. But I think that gave him a lot of motivation. I think that was probably why Tom Barrasso actually put him in. Mm. I think he was, you know, he was sitting looking down, but I probably said to him after the game or the next morning, you know, uh, obviously, you know, you got a lot of flack last night. Uh, are you up for this? And he said, yep, absolutely. And fair play to him. I mean, we got the win. That's the end of the day. Um, you know, he's probably given that dressing room a lot happier than than, uh, than the Belfast Giants go back into their dressing room. But at the end of the day, we didn't do enough in the game. Uh, we didn't do enough to put him under pressure. Um, but we play him a lot, minimum four times this season. And if he comes back in, I expect a different result. It was interesting. There were guts of 200 more Belfast Giants fans in that, in that way block. We were there on the Sunday. There were maybe a few heavy heads after the win on, on Saturday and the celebrations that took place after it. But everybody, every one of those Belfast Giants fans were engaged in that game. The the, the noise from them was absolutely magnificent. It was a, one of the best bits of travel and support outside of maybe the playoffs that I've seen from the Belfast Giants fans and and the atmosphere was top. The noise was great. And you can see it, like speaking to some of the guys uh, in post-game and, uh, and interviewing them, you know, and bringing it up and they said it made it feel like a home game, the amount of noise that they made. And it's it's a real tribute to, to, to those that traveled over and made that noise because it really it really makes a difference. You know me, lads. I, you know, I love that sort of stuff. I, I, more often than not, I've been part of that sort of stuff. Of given given the grief to the uh, the away goalie, to the to the to the away players and whatever, and that's that's just what happens. Right at the very end of the game on Sunday night, it was a lot of the Giants fans right at the front, and um, they went right down to the plexi. And uh, Jackson West was having a chat with um, Ryan Martinelli, and the lads, all the lads that down there, just started chanting Ryan or Marty. Marty, Martinelli looks round and I just spotted Ben O'Connor looking at him and Ben O'Connor just basically just grabbed the um, badge on the front of his shirt and you know, said, send to Martinelli, turned him, you know, kiss the badge, go on, turn and kiss the badge. Martinelli shook his head. He's not having that grief. Could you imagine you know, the grief if he'd done that? See, big Marty at the weekend, especially Sunday night, he was exceptional. Oh, yeah. He was, he was physical. He was everywhere. He... Everywhere David Rutherford went, Martinelli was the foot away, giving it physical, everything he could do. He was he was the Ram Martinelli that played for us last season mm-hmm. and we loved. And you know but but for you know circumstances he might still be a Belfast giant and would still, you know, you can appreciate a player of that quality having a really good performance. I thought Martinelli was outstanding on Sunday night, really, really outstanding. 
an unfortunate part from the game was um, a broken wrist for Davy Phillips, Davy. Yeah, and and you know you're you're going to be looking desiccated broken wrist. You're going to be looking at what six eight weeks absolute minimum. So you know your whole December whole January, he's going to you know then trying to be getting his legs under him again. Make sure he has a strong finish this season. You know we'll talk to Adam Keith about uh, the World Championships coming up. You know that's a big big blow for for the British team as as well as for the Sheffield Steelers. You know you just can't replace a British player the same way you can an import. You know an import goes down with a broken arm or broken wrist. You know the chances are, you know he gets replaced. And uh, you know for the Sheffield Steelers that's that's a big blow. Davy Phillips is a, an integral part of that decor of theirs. But you know you don't like to see anybody injured, especially in that sort of freak kind of way it happened so you know, we wish him well we wish him a speedy recovery one last comment i want to make before we move on gents is just that at the very start of the game on sunday there was a, a bit of a a bit of a ceremony for young eight-year-old aiden dodd marsh um a young lad who spent three years battling cancer and and, and won and they brought a bell out to send their ice for her, the wee lad the ring and when he you know the whole place went silent and there was a you know dave sims was out in the ice giving a sort of a build-up for him to come out there and he was uh, brought out by Steeler Dan and and a couple of the players. I think it was Evan McGrath and Jordan Owens held the held the bell. Two of his favourite players and who had been out to see him at hospital held the bell and uh, he rang the bell and the whole place went absolutely nuts for him. Um, it says it's a it's a lovely thing to see that at the start of a game. I was uh, I was actually sitting watching it and the I'll be honest, it brought a lump in my throat. You know, poor kid going through. Having to go through that, um, you know, obviously the, the 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 trauma of that for over the last three years for not just him but his family, um, and to beat it and then coming out and doing what he did and ringing that bell is just a phenomenal effort. You, you game, we all hate Sheffield, um, but you've got to take your hat off them. You know they did a great job. That young lad, you know, you've seen him bouncing off the ice, um. And uh, I thought it was a brilliant gesture, a fantastic, well done by Dave Sims as well. You know, the way he put it and the way Steeler Dan came out. And as you say, Paddy, you know, they put the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just um, so good to see that, as I say, a young kid like that has the battle in him because, you know what, it, it certainly takes a lot of balls to go out and um, and put, you know, all, every ounce of, of being that you have um, to beat this terrible disease and, um, glad he's 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 clear um, and yeah, it's just fantastic. Davey, I don't think any of us, unfortunately, are untouched by someone or someone in the family or someone a friend or close relative that has battled, won or lost against this horrific disease and or this illness that you know we we throw so many millions of pounds every year trying to trying to find a, a cure or some way of you know you know fighting it i didn't know about the significance of this bell until about oh, really just over a year ago and i had a friend who who battled and beat cancer and she actually went to the new york stock exchange and got to ring the bell to start um trading for that day i didn't know this was a thing and i get quite emotional thing about it seeing that wee boy ringing the bell at center ice say I've won was one of the it'll be something that lives with me for a very very long time absolutely fantastic see his big smile and and hockey again just doing something as a community you know Simon says no time for the Sheffield Steelers 
but with a lot of time for that kind of thing. Yeah. I hear here and I think it's congratulations to the Sheffield Steelers for, for doing that and uh, I think it's a remarkable and well done well done <laughs> to uh, to young Aiden for uh, for his battle um, so many kids going through so many battles and it's, it's great to see some victories here and there um, the highlights of the game uh, you can find on Steelers TV on YouTube and you can also find it at kingdomofthegiants.com um, says we're just going to pause there for a second are you going to training tomorrow? Yeah. Can you grab an interview or two? Of course I can. No just like, just two. And what I'll do, I'm just because I have nothing down here, but we'll just feed them in. And Pash has just texted me back there to say, give him a ring tomorrow. Perfect. Okay. So, so I'll do that tomorrow, something in the morning. Right. Before we come on to the interviews, of course, we'll just give a shout out to our sponsors at beer52.com. They're the UK's number one craft beer delivery service and subscription service. If you like your craft beers, your dark, your light, your stouts, your porters, your pale ales, your American ales, whatever it is you like it, you know, they'll they'll provide you with a fine selection month on month delivered right to your door. Uh, and you can get them at beer52.com forward slash AVFTB by using that code. Of course, the first one is free. The first box is on us. And uh, thanks to Beer52 for their support. And thanks to everybody out there for supporting them and therefore supporting us. Interviews time. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night. Says is going to uh, get the interviews tomorrow morning. So let's do what we did last time. Davey, who's the next voice we're going to hear? Oh, oh, um, <laughs> you do realize if you say I'm going to speak to somebody else, you said that the last time and you didn't. Go on, you, you can set this up for me then, Patty. Um, Jason Taff Ellery, Jason Taff Ellery, okay. And uh, says who you're gonna who you're gonna interview first, do you think? Uh, I'll go. I, I actually am gonna try and grab, um, actually, I don't even know. I honestly don't know who he'll grab first. Bescoe would see when Bescoe comes off the ice, he's just looking for whoever's got a microphone um, or, or a phone in their hand to try and, you know, as Grainer said last week, Bescoe just wants to talk to, you know, because he's the main man. But um, do you know what? I think we'll probably try and grab the the, the Scottish Ice Hockey International, uh, Mark Garside. Okay, let's see. Mark Garside or Jason Taff, Valerie. Let's hear. Mr. Garside, uh, Scottish ice hockey player. That's right. Um, played a lot of hockey this year. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I know we've had a lot of games over the last few weeks, but uh, it's just it's part of what we do. So everybody's raring to go for tomorrow. Weekend, Sheffield, uh, you faced them a lot of times throughout your career. Um, they had a bit of a blip at the start of the season, but uh, they definitely look as if they turned things around and, and, uh, and you know, obviously deserved the game on Sunday. Yeah, they did. I mean, both games were quite tight, but uh, I think on the Sunday's game they just came out harder, and you know, getting those two goals up on the in the first period, they kind of killed us a little bit. But yeah, they came hard. They were fast. They closed us down quickly. So something you know down the stretch when we play them again, we're going to have to get ready for. Dundee last week was a was a walkover. Um, uh, Sheepdog was in. Um, didn't get much help in fairness to him. You've been there before, um, and you've been beaten before. You want to come out and, and play the same team next time. You, right, they've got the Belfast Giants back tomorrow night. They'll be a different unit. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, saw that they, they go down to Cardiff for the weekend and they, they win in penalty shots. So they've, they've clearly got ability to, to cause upsets. So we have to be ready when we go in there. 
ready for a battle and, and ready to play hard. We can't go in there with bad habits. And you know, the other thing about winning the league is it's really winning two or losing two in a row is something we don't want to get into. We want to just you know check that game on Sunday and come back in here. You know, 100% tomorrow. Nine years in Belfast now, um, pushing forward to, to uh, obviously to hit that double figures, yeah. um, and you've, again you, your numbers and games as well are, are creeping up on uh, the the all time leader, which is uh, what do you call him, Graham Walton? <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just working over there. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, it's obviously been a, a pleasure playing here for so long. Uh, never thought I'd probably be. Well, I guess when you're 21, you never think you're going to be somewhere for 10 years, but. Uh, no, it's been a great. I've had a, a great time playing hockey in Belfast. How's your new addition? He's all right. He likes to feed. I'll say that. Kept keeping his mum busy. <laughs> and can you talk us through that wee move you did on the ice, uh, coming up towards the end of practice? Uh, a little bit of keepy uppy and with a stick, and then a back heel with a, a skate as well. Yeah, keepy uppy with a stick, back heel with a skate, bicycle kick, top corner. Oh, I've got so many questions for you. We'll start off with uh, Dexter, your FaceTiming your dog, apparently. Uh, Boxy has just uh, piped up and asked us to ask us about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, he gives me some motivation. Um, I was FaceTiming my dog at the, in the room the other day, and he was making fun of me because I switched my voice. And he said, I never heard that voice before. I said, I know. Otherwise, he doesn't recognize me, so I have to switch my voice. So that's why he's laughing at me. And uh, you scored a couple of goals, so is that uh, is this going to be a regular occurrence? I guess so. It's going to be my routine now. Call my dog every single day, and hopefully he's going to give me some luck, and maybe I'm going to score more goals. Taft mentioned something about teeth. You know, you may as well get this idea of your case to start off with. Yeah, I know. Um, no, I lost my teeth at the first game in Sheffield, and Taft was laughing at me because he took my wire off with the nail clipper behind my teeth. So no, he, that was that was funny. Let's get back to the hockey. Sheffield again. Um, two points coming out of Sheffield Arena. Uh, and again, it was a difficult weekend because they've turned around in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. They, they've been on a good stretch. Uh, there was a great atmosphere from her, from their fans and from her fans as well. It was it always fun to see that their fans were coming to, to see us play. And unfortunately, we lost the game on Sunday. But uh, we always take positive out of that. And we're going to be ready for Wednesday. The first loss in regular, sorry, in, in domestic action for since middle of October. Uh, it's been quite some run while they've been on the road. No, exactly. Uh, we, we've been on a good stretch. Uh, we can't really win them all. Uh, if so, it would be boring for everyone. And uh, we, we no, believe you me, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we faced some adversity, and uh, no, it was good. It was good to see that they're they're, they're Sheffield already. They they were on a good pace. Uh, we didn't we didn't come up as strong as the first game on Saturday. Uh, it probably cost us the game there because they they took the lead three or four nothing. And uh, we, it's, it's always hard to play hockey from behind. and um, But we build on that, and we're going to be ready for Wednesday. Kyle, uh, first defeat in quite a long time in domestic competition. Yeah. Um, guys feeling very relaxed in practice, and uh, back to work again tomorrow. Yeah, no, it's just a little bump in the road. Um, I thought we had a tough first period last game, but uh, the way we finished, I thought we really proved ourselves that we probably could have won that game and uh, definitely are the better team. So... Um, something to forget about um, big weekend obviously coming up here with Guilford and Cardiff two good teams and uh, good opportunity to bounce back yeah, it was the first time you faced Sheffield this season um, and they would get off to a bit of a stuttering start but they're definitely mean business for, for the remainder of the season yeah no they're, uh, they got a new coach in there obviously so uh, obviously he's made some changes and that have been working for them and uh, I mean they're a talented team uh, so you knew they were going to turn it around eventually and um, yeah I mean you got to 
every every game in this league is tough, so you got to keep coming out, giving your best effort, and you have one bad period like we did in the first week, it shows, or bad things can happen. Dundee last week, uh, it was a walkover, 8-0. That'll not be the same, you're not expecting the same tomorrow night. No, definitely. Uh, anytime you beat a team like that, you next time you play them, you expect that uh, they're going to have a little extra fire in their bellies. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to have to be prepared. Uh, we're obviously a little fired up as well coming off that loss in um, Sheffield there. So I think it, I think it should be a good uh, game. Um, I know they've beaten us earlier in this, this year. And like I said before, if you don't bring your best in any given night, you can be beaten by anyone. You've been on a long road trip. Looking forward to getting home at the uh, towards the end of December, and then you're here for a month. Yeah, no, definitely. I think all the boys are looking forward to it, and Christmas will be a little bit of a break to kind of clear your head and uh, get ready for the second half. It's uh, it's pretty tight still up top in the standings, so um, every game is important. Time for the fan agenda, brought to you by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. This week, we're joined by the head honcho, the head coach for the Belfast Giants, Adam Keith. How are you, mate? Not bad, you guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. It's a little over, near 24 hours since I spoke to you last after the defeat to the Sheffield Steelers. You've had a day to think about it a bit more. Have your opinions changed? Have you mellowed a bit on it? Well, obviously it was. It's still disappointing. I mean, but uh, with the games coming as thick and fast as they are, uh, you have no choice but to let it go. Um, at, the, at the same time, I mean, the more you think about it, and uh, that Sheffield team is playing extremely well right now, and I thought that the the pace that they brought uh, for two games in a row there was one of the highest that we've we've seen so far. So I think that. Uh, you know, it, it'll certainly better prep us for our, our next meeting. But uh, like I said, there we're we're on to uh, focusing on Dundee already. Yeah, there, there seemed to be quite a bit of frustration as well. Pucks weren't bouncing our way in that second game. But Sheffield, they have been resurgent in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they seem to have found a new life. Obviously, the addition of uh, Ben O'Connor and uh, Eric Neely has helped, and obviously, uh, you know they have a, a, a attending uh, a duo uh, netminder systems going on here. So, uh, keeps everybody fresh, and everybody's playing hard for them. And uh, obviously, it looks like Rob Dowd is firing on all cylinders right now too, and I'm sure that that helps uh, their production as well. Adam, 33 games into the season. Um, when you sat down at the start of the year, uh, you know, thinking about where you wanted to be or where you thought you'd be, how how do you think it's panned out so far for you? Well, I think if you look at the, I compare everything to last year. To be completely honest, yeah. And um, last year we were at the end of our road trip. We were, I think, six points back from Cardiff, and. Um, we were happy with that, and uh, especially with I think we had another five games left against them, and uh, you kind of left your fate in your own hands in terms of the league title. So uh, that's all we really wanted from the road trip. We wanted to get out of it with uh, being in the in the title race, and um, you know, I think we've certainly done that. And, and obviously, uh, we're sitting at the top right now, but uh, you know this is uh, this road swing is not over yet, and. Uh, and even when it is over, it's going to be a, a fight right to the end, as we found out last year. Whether you're on the road or you're at home, it's still hockey, and uh, you got to come prepared and, and ready to execute every night, or uh, you could find yourself in a, in a fight every night. 
with all the addition of the new guys that were coming at the start of the season for their first year in Belfast, um, again, 33 games in the season. How are they settling in? Because it does take a bit of a period to settle in. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, I, I didn't quite hear you there, Simon, but I, I'm assuming are you asking about the the two new play the new players in in the season or yeah yeah the new the new guys that came in at the start of the year um, and obviously the uh, uh, the settling in period how, how do you think they're they're going along as of thirty three games in? Well, I think that they they've settled in nicely, obviously with the. You know what we've asked of them lately, and nobody's complained, and they've just went out and got it done. Um, you know, week in and week out, and uh, I certainly can have no complaints about uh, our guys, and and I think that they've really bought into to uh, competing every night. And uh, I, I didn't think our compete level was an issue over the weekend. I thought we looked tired, uh, especially on the second night. But I didn't think that our compete level was a problem. I thought that uh, our execution level was. Um, uh, and then sometimes that comes uh, as a result of fatigue, but, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, we're gonna have to get over here real quick. And, um, you know, I think that I need to do a better job of using the entire roster and, uh, trying to get everybody as fresh as possible on every night that we can. Coach, it's Davey here. Um, you know, you're one of your own harshest critics and, and this weekend will be your hundredth game in charge from behind the bench for the Belfast Giants. How would you sort of, what's your sort of midterm report on yourself if, if you've been looking back at, at your time as a coach and, and, and how it's gone since then? Uh, I think that I'm still uh, very much a work in progress. I think I'm learning every day uh, by my own mistakes. Um, I think that I've got a better grasp of how to prepare for a game and um uh, you know, just in terms of managing, uh, trying to manage my bench, and I think I think there's still a lot of mistakes that I'm making in game, and uh, especially, especially under some some big pressure uh, moments that uh, I need to be better with. And like I said, uh, there's there's a lot of situations that arise in games that uh, I haven't experienced yet as a coach, and there's some that I have that I've learned from. Um, I think that uh, as I continue to go. Uh, I'm only going to learn from either making mistakes or, or um, you know, seeing seeing what works for our club and, and what works for each individual. It is tough when you bring in uh, 10, 12 new players uh, on a yearly basis and, and trying to get to know everybody again and, and see who fits in right what role and uh, all these different things that they make up a hockey team. And um, Look, at the end of the day, I think that I'm a benefactor of um, – some real quality players right now that are uh, playing hard for our, for our city and for our, for our club. And uh, I'm just trying to, to push them in the right direction and prepare them as best as possible and, um, and learn learn on the job. And I think that, that this, as long as I'm learning on the job and, and trying to improve myself and improve this team, then uh, I think that we'll get there in the end. Talking of improving on the job and, and the tools that you have available to you, great wee Twitter follower there in, in Nicole Hollywood, and you know she's always tweeting about Sheldon there over in in Toronto. And all badges are at, at different clubs. You know, you have Sheldon's just passed the the most wins for a for a Marley's coach. You know, you are both running about six seven days. You know, his win percentage, and and you have both brought success to your clubs in in the last sort of twelve months. Is he still somebody you would talk to regularly about just? 
how you are feeling and how things are getting on at both clubs? Yeah, I still speak to him quite a bit. I mean, it, it is tough uh, knowing how busy his schedule is and, and, and in hindsight, uh, how busy I am as well. I mean, you look at these past few weeks, it's uh, when you're watching, trying to watch every game that you play and trying to break it down and trying to break down the games that you're playing, uh, there's no real downtime. So um, I think that uh, I understand how busy he is and uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, there's times that we, we go weeks without speaking or acknowledging each other because, it uh, you know, everybody's busy. Um, but uh, certainly if I run into a problem or, or need some advice, uh, he, he's certainly the first guy that I lean on and uh, for obvious reasons um, and somebody that I trust uh, immensely. We went to Twitter as we normally do, and we actually got such a, a vast range of questions. I'll, I'll fire two or three at you here and see what we get. Ran Mayers, um, that's Mayers01 on Twitter, says, uh, in terms of player recruitment, how long does it normally take to get the deal over the line from maybe making first contact to signing a contract? It depends. Uh, every every situation is a little different. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think early on in the summer, it's a, it's a, it's a little more difficult to get guys to commit immediately because uh, I think naturally everybody's waiting for that better contract. Um, and I think as you go deeper into the summer, you start to see guys uh, maybe realize that the the best thing they're hoping for is not quite coming, and all of a sudden uh, they want to sign. So. Um, and then you also get guys that are have made up their mind prior, and this is where they want to be in Belfast, or, or they want a school package. So every situation is a little different. And um, you know, in terms of some of the players that we got this year, uh, like I said before, our, our own players currently are our best recruitment tools, and mm-hmm. um, it does certainly help uh, get the deal across the line when you have a familiar face in the locker room already for. Um, you know, players are always have questions. It doesn't matter how good of a reputation Belfast has. Uh, there's always questions when you're coming over to, to Europe for the first time because there's a lot of horror stories out there as well. So um, it's always nice to have a guy in the locker room that can uh, vouch for, for our club and, and our city. One from Jake Proctor, an interesting one. Basically, it's quite long-winded, but it boils down to how you do best manage situations with the Spur guys. For example, Jelly sat out a good few games leading up to Saturday and jumps in on Sunday. Is it difficult to, when, when you have to put these healthy scratches out? It's a it's a great problem to have, but how difficult is it to sort of keep the guys motivated when they know that they're the healthy scratch that weekend? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's certainly something that <laughs> I've had to deal with as a player quite a bit. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be a professional, and uh, I always uh, dealt with it that if I'm a healthy scratch, uh, there's no good uh, if I come out and, and play um, upset or or play uh, as if I, I'm mad at the coach or whatever it is, you got to come out and you got to be your best uh, whenever you get in that lineup if you want to stay in the lineup. And, and that's the way that I see it. And, um, you know, there's there's obviously strategical uh, decisions that in terms of keeping guys fresh, uh, knowing the type of schedule that we have. I, I do want to make the most of the bodies that we have and make sure that we're not completely... Uh, uh, flattening guys energy lines and, and making sure that if we have six games in two weeks that uh, I'm using everybody that 
that we have so that uh, we don't run into situations where, uh, you know, maybe somebody's off the scratch for an entire month or two at a time and, and the rest of the, the guy guys on the ice are, are completely gassed. So uh, I'm just trying to, to manage the bench as best as possible. And at the same time, uh, I would be lying if I say, uh, you know, I don't base my decisions on, on performance a lot of the time as well. I mean, uh, I want uh, – um, I was always under the understanding that uh, you got to be out there and you got to make sure that, that you're staying in that lineup and doing something to make to catch my eye or uh, that, that uh, forces my hand to keep you in the lineup regardless of what it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not an easy decision. Um, it is nice when we do have those decisions. It means that we're fairly healthy. Uh, as we've seen last year, didn't have that, that luxury to, uh, for the majority of that season. One in here, an interesting one in here from Mark Hitchcock, who asks, who do you think's made the bigger impact this season? You as head coach or a view from the Bridges new megastar and some say saviour Joel Neal? Certainly has to be a big Joel. He's, I think he's, he's showing you guys up there with his interviews. I think his interviews are about 10 minutes long or after each game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he's doing a good job, and I think I think anything that uh, can uh, bring the the players and the fans and uh, together, whether it be through social media, it's always uh, nice for the fans to get a bit of inter- interact uh, interaction from uh, social media. Uh, and you guys do a great job of that. Adam, let's get back to talking about you for a minute. The <laughs> enough about your Joel. time. I forget about Joel. The uh, the time management. Uh, for yourself, I, I see how much work you put into it. I mean, you come in early, the first good first guy at the rink, you know, alongside Taff, and and you're the last to leave after practice, and um, and even at the arena when you get a chance to use the, your office, um, I mean, you're there until it goes dark most days as well. How do you think you're handling your time management this year compared to last? Uh, I'd love to say that I handle it a little bit better, but I mean, it's still, like I said, it's still a work in progress. There's I feel like oh, some some days it feels like there's not enough time in the day, but uh, I mean, look, I just uh, I think maybe priority management is a better way to put it. I gotta prioritize the things that uh, I think are most important to to the team and to myself and, and to my family life as well. So I think that uh, I'm getting better at it, but it's still a work in progress for sure. Back on the on the this week, coach, obviously on the road again, Dundee on, on Wednesday night and then Guildford on at the at the weekend. It's uh the games are just coming thick and fast. Is that does that prove you know a bit of a distraction where you're not getting really any decent practice time in or is it just you'd rather be playing games? Um it's a tough one. I mean certainly if things are not going your way you want practice time, um, you know, but when you're rolling, uh, you, you want rest and, and you want to hit games and keep going. Um, so uh, look, we're, we're, we're doing our best to, to manage it as best as possible and get, make sure that the guys are as fresh as possible. It's not easy when you got three games a week uh, nonstop, but uh, the guys are, are being professionals about it. And, uh, you know, I've, like I said, I've had no complaints this year, uh, uh, with the way that the guys have approached this road swing and uh, and the amount of games, uh, everybody's uh, ready to go when, when they're when they're needed. So 
I think it's uh, from from my own end. It's about uh, managing, I guess, their their workload throughout the week as as much as much as I possibly can. Uh, tomorrow, you know, we'll go into uh, just a short uh, feel good practice, try and tweak a few little things and work on some special teams. But uh, we don't want to go too long because uh, you know we obviously want them to be full of energy when, when we hit Dundee uh, on Wednesday night. And. Talking of Dundee, tomorrow week, um, they come back into Belfast for the second leg of the Challenge Cup. You know, we're looking to try and put our first fight, you know, get into that semi-final, trying to retain that trophy. It's very, very important to us. But how, you know, without this isn't being disrespectful to Dundee in any way, because we'll be professional and we'll go out and address that game. But going in with an 8-0 lead, is that going to give you a chance to maybe use a bit more of the bench than you have been over the last few weeks? Absolutely, yeah. Um, like I said, uh, you know, I, I certainly will be using the bench uh, that game. Um, you know, at the same time, we don't want to let that game get away from ourselves either. I yeah. think uh, we've seen some some scary things in the past. I think uh, you guys can attest to that uh, when it comes to the aggregate game. So, uh, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll approach that. Uh, uh, as professional as we can and uh, make sure that we get the job done. Um, like I said, I haven't really looked uh, too far ahead to that game. Yeah. We have, uh, we got three on, in, in the way before that. So um, we're just focused on Dundee on Wednesday. And um, I think that uh, we're going to see a much different Dundee team uh, on Wednesday than we did uh, the following week. Couple more questions from Twitter just to wrap things up here, Kiefer. One from Daniel Bowers who asks, What past coach has had the biggest positive impact on your coaching style? Um my coaching style is a tough one because I think that uh I think coaches have had to adapt over the years. So um I like to say that I, I try to take uh, just uh some mannerisms and, and some things that uh, that I've had from certain guys. Uh Pete DeBoer was a big uh he's San Jose Sharks coach right now and he was my coach for four years in junior. I thought he had a big impact on on my career and, and me as a person. Uh um things that I did right and some things I did wrong in terms of my attitude as a junior hockey player and um that's something that I'll hold on to. Um, I think that uh, a guy that's had a positive impact on my career over here is Doug Christensen and the fact that uh, when I first got here, he really made me understand the, the importance of the league title and I think that that is a big one to make sure that guys really uh, buy into that uh, league title mentality when they get here because um, you know the, the playoffs is the big one back home and, and really anywhere else in Europe. So um, sometimes you can you can let a game drop here and there um, back home, and, and as long as you're still in the playoffs, you still got a shot. But yeah. here, if you let a game drop, that could be your league title. So um, I think that it's it's important that guys grasp that mentality early and and often. And I think uh, he did a good job of that when I first got here. And obviously, there's every coach that I've ever had. You, you always take something positive from. Um, whether it be something they did that you liked or something they they did that you didn't like, you know, you you always learn a little bit from that. So um, it's tough to really pinpoint uh, any coaches. Uh, they've all had positive impacts on, on myself and, and my career. We've got one here that reads, who used to own your darts in San Antonio until you went and bought a dartboard for your apartment so you could practice all night long? Hashtag double bull, hashtag triple 20, hashtag wise guys. That comes from Derek Nesbitt. 
<laughs> Nezzy's uh, the next team, <laughs> next teammate of myself, and he's the captain of the Atlanta Gladiators, the mm-hmm. team that uh, took our, our Ethan in, and, and uh, you know that must have been one of the most spectacular weekends uh, or weeks, or however long he was there for. Uh, you know, so um, I'm really proud of of, of Derek and and the, and the Gladiators organization and and the Preds organization for for what they did for for Ethan McLean and um, you know, I really enjoyed following that on, on social media. So uh, kudos to them for for what they did there and and for uh, the guys uh, that organized that. Uh, I forget what the organization is. Um, I'm sure you guys can correct Dreams me. Dreams come true. Yeah, the dream come true organization. So it was a great thing they did for our Ethan. And um, but uh, in terms of the question, uh, he likes to think he was better at me in darts, but uh, he, he really deep down knows who was winning all those games. So I think <laughs> that he had he had Ethan's family there texting me and and, and telling me how much uh, better he was at me in darts in our time in San Antonio. But uh, he deep down he really knows, uh, especially on my home board. <laughs> one last question for myself obviously not looking too you know don't want to look too far ahead but obviously yeah. what hangs over the end of the season or just beyond the end of the season is the team gb's visit and and they're two sort of and taking part in um the world championships regards to yourself being an assistant coach and, and also the gb guys who are at the at the Giants, be it the likes of Hooky Boxy, whatever, uh, and beyond. You know, what sort of carrot is that for a great performance to try to get into that side? Yeah, I mean, if I was uh, if I was a British national player at, at the moment, that would be certainly a, a big mark off on my calendar. And I think that uh, you know, I think that it, it brings the best out of every every guy that's available for selection for that team. And I think. Uh, I think they all want to be on it, and um, you know I think it's something special. I think that they've earned this this birth into uh, the top tier of the world world championships, and I think it's great for for British ice hockey in general and, and this league in general. So, um, I know, look, I think we're all really excited for that, and um, obviously, you know, some of that goes on the back burner while the the league season is on its way. But uh, you know, Pete. Pete and I still speak uh, uh, about uh, how certain guys are doing, and obviously uh, we just saw Davy Phillips get injured there, and I think that you know there's always those concerns as well when it comes down to the, the GB uh, team, uh, who's going to be available for selection. Uh, you know, as we've seen last year, uh, you know we had Evan Mosey go down with a uh, broken leg. And other guy, Garside was was out with an injury, and then Stephen Murphy, and so um, you know all, all those things come into play when you're when you're nearing that that tournament. And from a personal perspective, when you take that bench alongside Pete Russell against Team Canada, how's that going to feel? <laughs> yeah, I know I feel great. Um, I think that uh, last year was uh, I wasn't sure what to expect and I really enjoyed my, my time there and I think I really learned a lot under uh, Pete Russell and Corey Nielsen yeah. uh, and just working with the guys and seeing the passion that they played with uh, it, it was great for me to see and obviously uh, kind of a, a crazy ending uh, 
to that, that tournament and, and, a, and a wonderful one. So I was extremely happy for a most of the players that I had played with and, and, pl- and battled against uh, for the last seven years, and to see what the what that uh, experience was like for them. And I'm sure you know I've been along uh, my teammates here in Belfast uh, for many years, and and the, some of the disappointments they've had in those tournaments. And so I was really happy for for the whole group that uh, it ended the way it did. And and I think they've really earned this berth, and, and I'm really happy for them. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. So many of them, we only got a few as many as we could there. And um, Coach, good luck. It's a busy schedule coming up right up until and beyond Christmas. We really appreciate your time. No problem, guys. Time for November's Player of the Month Award, sponsored by Phonacab. We asked you to fire us your nominations of who you thought would stand out in the month of November. And so, from those nominations, we drew the following shortlist. Number 22, Kevin Rain. Number 25, Blair Riley. Number 34, Tyler Beskarwani. And number 91, David Rutherford. These are the four on this month's shortlist for the A View From The Bridge Player of the Month Award sponsored by Phonacab. Get yourself to twitter.com forward slash AVFTB and polls will close at 5pm on Thursday. The winner of this month's award will be awarded the trophy on Sunday at the game against the Cardiff Devils. So get your vote in quick and thanks very much to Phonacab for sponsoring the award. Kevin Rain, Tyler Beskarowani, Blair Riley, David Rutherford. Says, who are you picking? It's got to be Besko, man. He's been... Back to back? Back to back for Besko? Yeah, in November, you know, Davey, Davey's got all the stats because he's the main stat man this week with Joel off. But, um, you know, he's been lights out unbelievable in November. I mean, he's went November in domestic competition undefeated. He's Every more or less every game on the actually it was every game on the road. He's been unbelievable, um, but uh, I, I don't think anybody can come anywhere near him this month. I think he was good last month. Actually, he was brilliant last month. He's been exceptional. David, throw some numbers at you, Paddy. Go for it, man. Because because well, well if, you, if, if, well, unfortunately, if, mate, if you're going to, if you go if you're going to do that, sorry, go on, say what you're going to say. Unfortunately for the the three out ice skaters that have been nominated for me, it's got to be Besco again. Okay, well before before, before before you give you us the numbers, you are back, so I have to do this. Whifford, I'm stat man. Go on, mate. I'd like to thank Todd Kelman for that voice over there. <laughs> um, Besco in November. 10 games on the road, 10 wins, 232 shots against, 224 saves, 97% save percentage, 1.12 goals against average. Phenomenal in any league, in any place in the world. We are a bit blessed to have this guy at the minute. 
how we hold on to him next season, the season afterwards, I have no idea. Enjoy the ride while he's here. Defenses and goaltenders, you know, win games, you know, forwards decide by how much. And those guys have played really well this month. Rainer's had a good month. Rudy's been good. Murphy's been good. Riley, that line's been really good. Bonner chipped in with four goals away to the Cardiff Devils. Champions for the last couple of seasons. Won everything last year. You know, Frankie's chipped in with goals. Furley's hit everything that moved. There's been a, a raft of people through that, that you know, this 14-15 game road swing. Besco, unfortunately for all those other guys, has put them in the shade. Besco Mania. Besco Mania is running wild. The voting is now... I'm Listen, I'm going for Besco as well. Sorry. The... Um... Uh, the voting will be open until Thursday at 5pm uh, so far we've got 650 votes with still nearly 3 days to run uh, get your vote in twitter.com forward slash AVFTV you can also find it on our Facebook group uh, The View from the Bridge and on kingdomofthegiants.com you have until Thursday at 5pm and once all those votes are counted up we'll present whoever it may be with the A View from the Bridge award sponsored by Phonacab um, probably at the game against the Cardiff Devils this Sunday. So, yes, your nominees are Kevin Rain, Tyler Beskarani, Blair Riley, and David Rutherford. Good luck to all of those. Right, let's look around the league. Nothing from Dops the last time I looked. They seem to have gone on holiday. Um, so I hope they have a nice Christmas. Uh, personnel changes. Tyler Biggs has left the Nottingham Panthers as of this morning, I believe. Be this, this morning being Monday. Um, bit of a shock. Uh, regards to the Manchester Storm, they've brought in Chance Braid, uh, Canadian forward, but Dylan Anderson has gone. Turn my sheet over. And in the Lightning, Ivan Sejan from the Meviskak Zagreb has come in. Did he play at the Continental Cup? He did. Yeah. yeah, he did indeed. Um, he was their seventh defenseman. Um, ended up playing mostly uh, the game as a forward because uh, of all the injuries they had. Yeah, and, and obviously they, they couldn't get visas for a few guys. But um, he, he didn't look too bad, to be honest. And, and obviously they're going to play him on the back end, so we didn't see what he's got. But um, I don't. Yeah, he'll be all right for them. A couple of a few interesting results. We'll start with well, a bit of a shocker, and it's, it's Sunday um, at. Ice Arena Wales or the Viola Arena, whichever you want to call it now. Um, they put the Dundee Stars, who will, we'll hear from Omar Pasha later in the show, but put the Dundee Stars on what is now a four-game league winning streak. And they came came from behind at the home of the champions to win in a shootout, Davey. The Stars are a bit of an enigma. I, I like the Stars, always, always have the last few seasons, under pass and on their BFF before that, you know, they came with a kind of relentless. They're, they're built for, with speed. Big Marquard, fantastic player. They've got good goaltending at times. They're a complete enigma. We absolutely rinsed them last week. And I yep. couldn't see for the life of me how they came off two wins the weekend before, how they've gone on the two wins after that. They're, they're an enigma of a team, as I've said. It's done us no harm at all, you know. They've, they've came and chipped away a, a point of what I would consider to be one of our rivals. But we have to be careful then when we go in. You know, the points we dropped last season that ended up crucial were the points that we dropped to those bottom teams last season: the MK Lightning, the Guildford Flames when they were down there, the, the likes of the Dundee Stars and the Caps and that kind of thing. You know, we have to be professional going forward. You know, you don't know what you're going to get against Dundee at the minute, and that's that's probably something that Pash would love to work out too. 
in the Challenge Cup, the um, Cardiff Devils took a win up in Glasgow, three uh, two. Meanwhile, it was a goal fest for the Nottingham Panthers this weekend. Fifteen goals across the weekend. Eight three win in Guildford and a seven two win at home to the Clan. With uh, three of those goals being short handed, um, Clan are having a tough time of it. Says, yeah, like, you know, it's uh, they they played a lot of games away from home at the start of the season. They've had a quite a few at home as well in the last few weeks, but I don't understand the clan at all. I just think they're, um, they've some really decent players. Like, I mean, we talked about that guy, Stupke, at the start of the year. And then he got, got a year. Yeah, he? Hey, he, he's disappeared since he signed the contract. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he came out and he, he, when he played against us in Belfast, he was he stood out. He was, you know, was very, very impressive. But as I say, I, I've hardly heard him talk about since, but there's some decent players, but, you know, I think Peter Russell will be very disappointed where he's sitting right now. I know they're, I'm not too sure exactly where they are, Nick, but I think they're about either eighth or ninth. But, uh, well, sure, it's very heavy cars. They're seventh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, on Sunday, Coventry and Guildford, interesting game. Players were 5 2 up with three minutes remaining in the game, but they lost in overtime. Vigman was pulled at the 60 minute mark, and Jordan Headley uh, played overtime. Davey, imagine dropping three goals in the last three minutes to lose the game. They've crashed a couple of times this season. You know, snatched defeat in the jaws of victories, as I say, and. Uh, you know, still brave decision to pull Vigman going into OT as well. But uh, Danny Stewart, obviously the coach down there, knows what he's doing. He's, he's better qualified than any of us to do it. But, um, you know, the Blaze are another funny one. Put them in the same bracket as a Dundee. Any given night you go against the Blaze, you just do not what you know what you're going to come up against. One interesting thing I'd like you to see take from both of you is, is an article that appeared on the Elite League website uh, just in this last week. Um, it was a statement from the new EIHL Hockey Operations Department and the head of that, of course, is Mike Hicks. That with 115 games played so far, that uh, they shared some statistics showing that uh, penalties, uh, dangerous penalties, um, have gone down. I'll quote, the most positive thing so far this season is that the number of dangerous penalties, the so-called, quote, physical fouls, are down. These are penalties such as check from behind, check to the head, boarding, and we're seeing less of these called and less needing supplementary reviews, which is a good thing for our league and, more importantly, player safety in general. Um, is that a, is it for a reflection, do you think, Sis? Um well, maybe the referees are just uh, not calling some. I mean, there has been. You just talk about the obviously the, the nasty hits have been taken. Out. Like, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, we we don't like seeing anybody getting. Um, we we rather, you know, all players finish the game. And, and obviously, you talked about Davy Phillips earlier in the show. Um, you know, breaking a wrist and a you know, yeah, it was a hit, but it was a freak accident. Like you know, um, we've had a couple of concussions this year. Um, so you know, we know that there's still um, hits out there that they want to eliminate um, from the the sport itself. But uh, well, the, the referees again, but they've got a tough job. Um, I've no issues at all with referees calling penalties that that need to be called. But I still think there's a lot of improvement. Um, and the main reason I'm saying that with with the greatest respect is after watching the NCAA two weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. 
lights out those kids. If you had a took that final with BU and Union and put two elite league referees in there, there's a hundred minutes in penalties. Yeah. Easy. Easily. They just don't stop. They go out and they hit at a hundred mile an hour. And I still think that there's you, you talked about Pavel Hallis earlier on in the show and that Dundee game and penalties which you know he just he just calls just because he's got his whistle near his mouth. But um I do think there's still a lot to improve. So uh you know but but the one thing I will say is I also think Mike Hicks is doing a great job in, in that role, listening to a couple of people from the within the Belfast Giants organization. Davey, stats like this require two things. They require change of the style of the game for the players, but they also require the referees to call in a certain way. Well, obviously, and I think Simon said there about Mike Hicks has, has came in and the new broom has, has swept clean and he set up the you know the, the the schooling, if you want to call it, with with the referees. They're getting better feedback. They're getting video clips. They're getting, you know, the DOPS is, is set up well. And it's all on an upward curve. And, you know, we've had uh, Dandy Alton on the show this season already, and he, he's talked about, you know, the little things that Mike Hicks has done. Obviously, he's already got the rapport that he's worked with these guys for many, many years as well. And he knows he knows what it's like to have to go to a rink on a Tuesday night to referee a game, you know, Edinburgh and Dundee, and then have to go and, and referee Sheffield Belfast on a on a Sunday, he knows what that the travel is involved and it being a part-time job. He knows what needs done to take refereeing and officiating to the next level and that's what he's trying to do. And if if those serious calls and injuries and stuff are down, that means that actually the officiating and the players are doing their job better. So, you know, stats in this case don't lie and, and I'm glad to see, we've talked about Davy Phillips, you do not want to see, you want your opposition to get hammered. Jonathan Ferland, the, whenever a, a D-man's going back towards the board, you want to hear John Ferdinand skates coming and you want that player to get rid of the puck. You don't want anybody to go home hurt. It's a job. You want everybody to go home from work safe and, and you know, uh, I, I, I beat up a wee bit. I'm happy with that, but I want everybody to be able to go back to work the next day. Here, here. An interesting article on the Elite League website. We'll tweet it up again from at AVFTB. Quick look at the league table. The Belfast Giants sit in top. 36 points off their 23 games. 18 wins, 5 losses, no overtime losses. Uh, Nottingham Panthers with their 15 gold glut over the weekend. They sit second but have played 3 more games. They're only a 1 point behind the Giants. Uh, Cardiff Devils are on 33 points with 22 games played. 5-25 Four games played, 30 points. Uh, Guildford, 22 games played, 26. And then the Steelers, the Clan, the Blaze, the Storm, the Dundee Stars sit in 10th, 22 games, 19 points. And the Milton Keynes Lightning prop up the table, 23 games played, 16 points scored. Right. Uh, let's look ahead to this week. I guess uh, the Belfast Giants once again, as they will, as they did last week, and they will next week, have three games in the space of a week. Uh, and as they have all three times, they will start against Dundee midweek. This time, Elite League action on Wednesday night at seven thirty p.m. And it's the game that's on Free Sports. They'll then go on Saturday to face the Guildford Flames at the Spectrum at uh, six on six p.m. on Saturday. Before, well, that game actually brings the long 16 or 17 game uh, 
road swing as it became with the extra Challenge Cup quarterfinal to an end because on Sunday the Belfast Giants returned to Elite League action at the ASSC Arena at 4pm against the Cardiff Devils. But let's start with that game against the Dundee Stars. We'll hear in a moment from Omar Pasha. Uh, but we'll start off by chatting to the guy who's going to be leading the commentary on free sports, and that's Aaron Murphy. The game on Wednesday night is, of course, a game on free sports, and joining Chris Ellis and Paul Eddy. Leading the show is our good friend, Mr. Aaron Murphy, who starts it with... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. No. <laughs> 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 How you doing, mate? You right? You'll have you'll have you'll have me making up T-shirts, and like some guy a few a uh, few months ago was trying to put out GB T-shirts with farmer, farmer, farmer on it, and I had to go like, did you not think about asking me for permission about that? No, it never heard from him again. Intellectual property <laughs> rights and all. How you doing, mate? You right? <laughs> no, and the funny thing about that was he admitted, oh yeah, buy these shirts with Aaron Murphy's phrase on it. Then he told me it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not doing it tonight, fellas. Nah, see, there you go, Davey. What can I say? I tried. That's nah, because Davey was off sunning himself in, in warmer climes and, and missed the friendship four. If he had been there, I'd do it. <laughs> Mate, let's actually let's start right there. We spoke to Says last week. You better but you the two years worked on that friendship four tournament. Um, what a tournament that was. Oh, magnificent. I think uh Sis and I both said that. I think that's the best one yet. I mean the hockey I mean, we all know how good it is, right? But every year, I just come away amazed by how good it is. And I just, I couldn't believe the physicality, the skill, the speed. And you're just looking at going, these teams, they could play in a lot of professional leagues in, in parts of Europe and be very successful. And some of them can't even grow like a five o'clock shadow. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> and working with Sis was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun because you're looking at these kids going, boy, oh boy, what were you doing when you're that age? You might have been playing, but you weren't playing like that. It went coast to coast as well. It's quite, quite like it get, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, I mean, and it deserves to get bigger, doesn't it? I mean, I, I think the formula keeps getting better every year. I talked to Mark Brooks and talking about like the product on the ice. It was as high a level as we've seen over the four friendship fours. And I think off ice, they've got the formula down. I mean, you don't hear th these teams go away and they talk about it like it was the Stanley Cup or something. They're so happy with the way they're treated and the cultural parts and the school visits and the, and the sightseeing. The Giants really do it right, don't they? They've done it at the World Championships. They've done it at the Continental Cup. They're going to do it at the Continental Cup again in January. And obviously, the friendship four, it just keeps getting better. But kudos to, to Mark Brooks and Thorts and and Johnny and, and everyone, gloves, everyone behind the scene, the volunteers. Such a such a great tournament, and I love it every year. It's one of my favorite things. Murph, let's get back to the chance, sir. You just touched on, you know, obviously the, the, the guys behind the scenes at the chance. You've seen pretty much every team in the Elite League this year. Um, who stood out for you? Stands out for you? Uh, I mean, you guys, the, the unbelievable thing for me is that you guys find a way to win over this last 10, 11 games, I know you're coming off a loss, but there always seems to be a new hero. But the way Blair Riley has played, I mean, captain, uh, the captain has to step up. And there was a time earlier in the season where maybe, you know, there was a call for someone to step up. But boy, oh boy, has, has Blair Riley really stepped up. And, and your goalkeeper, let's be honest, the 940-odd save percentage, I think his goals against average is under two. Those are lights-out numbers. So Beskarawani, Blair Riley... 
I mean, there just seems to be a new hero every night. Darcy, Darcy Murphy, talking about the French report. Darcy Murphy, I think he's got uh, 11 or 12 goals. I mean, you guys just seem to have a new hero every night. And uh, on, a, on a 9, 8, 9, and 10 game win streak, uh, you got to have a new hero every night. So Adam Keefe has everyone buying in. Power play has impressed me. I think you're second in the league on the power play. So, I mean, your road record. I mean, there's so many things I could say that stand out for me. But the Giants are deserving to be sitting atop the, the table right now. Murph, let's talk about Besco just again, very briefly. Now, you know, through, through November, 10 wins out of 10. I think his save percentage through November was 970-something. You know, just ridiculous numbers. You know, <laughs> when the Giants were stuttering there at the start of the season, Besco just wasn't 100%, but since he's really got himself 100% fitness, he's a hell of a goalie. Well, he's the best goalie in the league if he was 970 through November. I mean, you're, you're, you can't score on someone that's seeing the puck like a beach ball. And obviously, if your save percentage is 970, I mean, I, I'm not good at math, but even I know that's good. So, best Kirwani for me, he's been, uh, he's been lights out. Um, when I've seen the clips, when I've seen the highlights, when I've reviewed highlights, I always go, geez, this guy could be playing in the DEL uh, for an upper echelon team. He could be playing probably uh, wherever he wanted to play. And luckily for you guys, he's decided to play in Belfast because those numbers you just uh, said there through November and his numbers that I've, I've looked at for the entire season, I mean, 940 and under two for the season, 970 in a month, that's that's unbelievable. Bring it back to on Wednesday's game is, of course, the game on free sports between the Belfast Giants and the Dundee Stars at the Dundee Ice Arena. How pleased are you that this isn't the second leg of the Challenge Cup? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I like the Challenge Cup. Uh, I'd love to do the final. I, I've never been asked, so maybe maybe one of these years. But, I mean, look, D- Dundee, for me, right now, this is a great fixture for us, isn't it? Because mm, there would have been a time. Yeah, they're four in a row. I mean, I like Omar Pasha. I like the way he he always gets the most out of guys. And let's be honest, Dundee is probably one of the, the smaller budgets. And that's not a knock on them. That's just the business model they have. But he, he seems to get the, the most out of guys. And then you look right now, I mean, you've got guys like, I mean, County's going pretty good. I think that Lundvald guy is pretty good. Um, Pontus Sjogren, I don't know a lot about him, but I mean, for a team that was lingering in last place for a while. I think his goals against average is hovering around three. So they've got some nice pieces. It's hard not to cheer for Omar Pasha, the way he's done a good job at several clubs. Uh, their penalty kill is, is is around 80, 81%. So he's got the special team going there. The big problem for Dundee uh, is, the, is the power play. When you're not scoring on the power play, it's tough tough to win in this league. And I think they're under, under 8% on the power play. So that would have them down, I think, 11 out of 11. So that's something that Posh will want to work on. Um, but for me, they, we have four league wins in a row. It's, it's, it's a nice fixture because they've been going good. The Giants have obviously been going good, but coming off a loss, they want to get right back in the, in the win column. So it's a nice fixture, and, and it's a nice rink there. The, the Dundee Ice Arena is a good place to call a game, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a good one. And most of the games we've had on, on free sports have been close to a degree uh, other than a few, but we've had some real belters, and I think this is going to be a good one. Murph, just looking at your career in the media, you've called Olympic Games, you've called NHL Games. Is there a game that sticks out in your head that as possibly the best one you've ever called? Oh, my goodness. Um, probably the most exciting game I ever called was uh, I was a part in uh, Sachi of the women's game between Canada and the U.S., 
And uh, if my memory serves me correctly, that was that was the game where it looked like the Team USA was was home and hose and away with the gold, and it sort of broken the spell of Canada at the Olympic Games. But Canada somehow got a late goal. Um, they pulled their goalie. The Americans hit the post with the Canadian goalie on the bench, and that would have ended it. But Canada, <laughs> Canada came down and scored, and then they won in overtime. I mean, that was hair on the back of your neck stuff. Um, the, the, I joked about the farmer the farmer call or whatever when I lost the run of myself. That, that was incredible because, again, that was like in the last 15 or 16 seconds for all the marbles. And, uh, you know, they've fallen at the last hurdle before, right? But they, they get it done and they get promoted in back-to-back years. Um, I don't know if there's one. I mean, I really enjoyed the final this year of the NCAA with uses. I mean, that was – I think I had five or six shifts there where there was no whistle, and I thought I was going to fall out of the gantry. Luckily, I think you had your arm around me at that point. But, I mean, I just think it would be hard to single out one. Um, I'm just lucky, lucky to be able to do it for a living and to get to talk hockey with you guys and all the good people around me lately too. I like I like calling Elite League games, and uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to Wednesday as well. They're all special, mate. And and Murph, how's that little team that you've got assembled there working out this season? You know, Coach Eddie, I, I think any of us, yourself included, just love listening to Paul Eddie oh, talk brilliant. about hockey and, and obviously the addition of, of Chris Ellis coming in, good friend of the show as well here. Another really good guy. It's good to see him getting a bit of exposure again back where he deserves. Yeah, what, what a great group. I mean, I'm definitely the, the, the dead weight there. Those two guys are <laughs> gentlemen. And, I mean, Paul... You learn something every time you talk to Paul, whether it's on the job or off the job or in an airport, and you, you're just talking about hockey, and he comes up with a nugget. And I just think uh, he makes – over the last few years as well, he's gotten a lot more into the role, I think. He comes with reams and notes, and he, he was always sort of – he was always good at analyzing stuff, but now he comes with all these things, and he wants to be involved in who we highlight and all that. He's, he's becoming more of a TV guy now, and it's nice to see – Chris is one of the one of the best guys around hockey, isn't he? And whether it's uh, the GB setup at all levels, um, and of course his past experience with the Elite League, but it made a lot of sense uh, to have that that three three guys there. Uh, and I, I I learned a lot from Chris. He asked great questions. He's a good journalist because out of those guys, I'm probably probably not the the best asker of questions, but. I, I learn from both those guys all the time. And uh, I think when you're all learning from each other, it makes it good. We have fun too. There's some pranks sometimes and there's maybe some stuff that goes on that you don't see. I, I always try and catch Chris out and I always once in a while try and put Paul on the spot, but it's, it's all in good fun and it's because we want to do good shows. And yeah, I think it's great, man. I'm, I'm very lucky to be working with those two. Murph, just talking about Paul Yeri. Obviously he hasn't coached since he left Belfast. Um, four years ago now. Um, is it something that he's not interested in getting back into? Is, have you talked about him? Or has he, he been offered jobs just hasn't felt the right ones come along? I think it's just not been the right fit. He's got a young family, and I won't speak for him, but um, you know the deal. You have all have kids, and it's like if it's not the right fit, you're not going to pull kids out of school and move to somewhere where coaching is a fickle, fickle business. You could be fired. Uh, next month and now you've got your kids pulled out of school and gone to a different country so I just think it hasn't been the right fit and and, and let's be honest he's got his hands full trying to coach me doesn't he he's got his hands full (laughs) taking care of me Uh, so I think he he thinks that's his that's penance enough for his past success but I think it's just something that if the right the right offer came along for his family 
I know that he could have been back in uh, on several levels, but um, I think he enjoys his work with us. And uh, until the until the the right job comes along, I would imagine that hopefully, knock on uh, wood for us, he stays with us for a little while longer. You mentioned there the um, the games you've had so far in free sports. I'm thinking about that you know Coventry Guildford game or the or the drama of the Milton Keynes clan game and everything that happened that day with Doug Mackay. The coverage so far has been going really well. Yeah, I mean, we've had some good games. I mean, how about the, the Halloween game as well? Mm. I mean, uh, it looked like, again, it looked like Sheffield were done. They they come back. It's Ben O'Connor's back from the Allsvenskan. And you couldn't have written that script any better. Um, there's been some good games. Look, the, the Elite League keeps getting better year on year. Look at some of the guys you have, the Dwyers and the Beskarawanis and the guys we're talking about. You know, these are all guys that have played in the NHL or the DEL or the American Hockey League. And I remember when I first came over here uh, well over a decade ago now, and if, if a team had one AHL guy or one ex-NHL guy, you go, oh, my God. Now every team has three or four or guys that are just so good. And I think all of our games have been have been good. There's been a couple that have gotten away, but that's that's sport, that's hockey. But most of them have been intriguing matchups. And when you get a guy like Ben O'Connor coming back from the Allsvenskan and skating his skin off that night, scoring in overtime, and the emotion of being back with his you know his family and friends, being able to watch him and all that, those are special moments. And I just think the elite league keeps getting better, and it's it's where it should be. It should be on TV, and you're getting to capture those moments. And we get emails and messages all the time. Someone comes across it, a rugby fan or a mixed martial arts fan, and those people don't come across it on a webcast. Webcasts are great. But those games like Halloween and even the the Milton Keynes one with the, the drama, like you mentioned, and that was a bit of a – it turned into a bit of a barroom brawl at times as well. So, you know, the casual viewer likes that. So – because it's on free to air and because there's been some really good games, I think the Elite League will start to see some of the benefits of those factors. We well, appreciate your time. Mate. Mark everybody's card. What are the details for Wednesday? Uh, so we're on air 7 p.m. with the pregame show from Dundee Ice Arena face-off 7.30. And, of course, it's uh, Wednesday, December 5th. And, um, like you said, Paul Aidy, Chris Ellis, and myself. And uh, you can check freesports.tv for all the EIHL news and information and follow along on Twitter at FreeSportsUK and all the other things on there like uh, Instagram and things I don't understand. You can find them on those on those two channels. Mate, listen, really appreciate you uh, you, you joining us on the show and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Guys, all, all the best and uh, hopefully see you maybe in January for, uh, for for something there. I think you're hosting something that I can't remember what uh, it is. Yeah, I think there's something on, but we'll, we'll definitely speak to you then. Yeah, cool. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, buddy. Hi there, this is Kevin Rain, number 22 of the Belfast Giants, and you're listening to A View from the Bridge. Joined this afternoon by Dundee Stars head coach Omar Pasha. Pasha, lovely to have you back on a view from the bridge. Thanks for the privilege. That's <laughs> it. You're you're very very welcome. Pasha, obviously played you last week, and we play you again. It'll be tonight when the show goes out. Um, you'll be hoping for a different result this week. Yeah, I think uh, any result would be probably an upgrade from last week against Belfast. So yeah, looking forward to that. You've been. Uh, you're, we talked about you on the podcast this week, and, and you know, Patty was asking for our opinions, and I, I've sort of said about Dundee. You know, you, you know what you're going to get from them. The last two weekends have been, uh, you know, a bit of a, a renaissance for you. You know, you're doing pretty well. Can, what? How can you put your finger on what happened last Wednesday against the Giants? Um, 
Well, we had a big weekend against Fife, and um, you know we lost our starting goalie uh, on the game on Sunday, um, and we just felt it was important to get him some rest going into the next weekend. And we had obviously that midweek game against the Giants, and I don't know. I, I just think we started the game really good for five, six minutes, and then they got one, and, and I still thought we were in the game. And I think when they got the second, uh, truth be told, I just think their heads went down, and. Um, you know, uh, maybe the thought of, of playing the top-ranked team and, and thinking it would be hard, and, and maybe some guys were trying to do too much after and, and, and maybe compensate with the fact that, you know, they, they wanted to do so much to help sheep, but that can have the reverse effect, right? When you don't, when you try to do too much, sometimes you make mistakes and mistakes, and that's what happened, essentially. So, um, you know, you can see that, you know, their heads, um, heads went down and, and, and maybe we tried to do too much. And obviously, when you make individual mistakes and, you know, you don't play a structured game against Belfast, they'll make you pay. So, uh, so now we're going to get Pontus back. And I think he's, um, you know, he's, the, he's one of the leaders on the team. And I just think that with him and that, we'll, we, we, are, we seem always to be composed and to play the game right. I know hockey guys don't like to look too far ahead and, and you'll not be looking past tomorrow night's game but with one eye cast on the the next week's um, second leg how, how difficult does that just make it for the club as well without being disparaging it's going to be very difficult to overturn an eight goal deficit that's going to be impossible yeah so, so how, 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 how <laughs> do you how do you focus the club and, and everything just to even go on that road trip I mean, uh, we're going to just try different things. We're going to give an opportunity for, uh, you know, Craig Holland to get back in that and, and, and give some rest to Pontus. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll try maybe different combinations, different line sets, uh, maybe different power plays. Uh, it, it's a good opportunity to try different things. But as I said, I'm, I'm more focused right now. We have three home games out uh, this week, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. So, for me, it's hard to sit down and say, well, we want to do that on Tuesday. Obviously, we want to give Belfast a good game. Uh, but, you know, after the series being down eight on the road against the best team in the league, then um, I don't see ourselves scoring eight goals. Uh, but you never know. Hockey's a crazy sport, so we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But, uh, yeah, we'll just have to go from there. Well, let's look at the, the first of your three-game homestand. It's, it's the Belfast Giants' 16th game in uh, what'll be our last away game before we come back to the SSE at the weekend against Cardiff. Um, quite a quite an epic swing we've been on, but we'll come to Dundee live on Premier Sports. What can the viewers expect and, and indeed the people that are, are going to get up to the DIA? Well, for us, we're, we're looking a lot on positivity from our last four consecutive wins in a row. So, uh, you know, we just beat, uh, obviously, the defending champions on Sunday, Cardiff, which was a big win. And, and now we're, we're trying to focus on the positives and, and, and re-look at what we did well in the last four league games. And, you know, uh, before that stint against uh, Belfast on that Wednesday, we feel like we've played some, uh, some good hockey at times against the Giants throughout the season. I just thought we had a hiccup. We had a big leap, and that's what happened on that Wednesday. So for us, I mean, you know, we want to keep working on our ethos and, and work on the little things we do right. And, uh, you know, we've played a lot better defensively now in the last four games. We have some clutch scoring. And, um, you know, as a team, I just think we're, uh, we we improve, um, you know, from the last uh, month or so. It's obviously a big season. Um, 
for for the British talent with the World Championships and, and that card sort of at the end of, uh, of the season for them that um, has been dangled for them. Helping along the way there and, and, and joint leading your team in goals as, as young Jordan Kine. How's Kine, Kine's worked out for you? Better than you were expecting him to be? Uh, yeah, I think Kalins has had a, a good season so far. There's still things Kalins can do to, to improve on a daily basis, but you can see he has great speed, he has good vision, and he's been put in, uh, put in um, you know, in a position to succeed, and he has for the most part. Um, I saw, I think at home, he seems to play his best hockey, and, you know, the last few road games, I think he, he has been a lot better too. So, Hopefully we haven't seen the best of Jordan yet. I, I still think there's a lot of improvements in his game. But, uh, you know, when, when we started the season and we were losing all those close games in overtime, I thought we lost seven. And, you know, we were right in the mix at the very start. I, I thought he was, uh, you know, he was playing a lot, really, really good. And, and the last four games, the league games, I thought he's been picked up his game as well. So I'm happy with his progression, and I think he's going to, you know, he's going to make it tough on Pete Russell uh, not to pick him because I think he's been uh, one of the British standouts this year. And, and back to the Dundee Stars, and obviously the, the conference system being changed up again this season, although there's, there, there's still a Gardner conference which you're, you sit atop of at the minute. Is, what's the sort of, you're just having to change on the fly here as results come and go. What, what's, what's the sort of targets for Dundee this season? Well, as you know, I mean, with the conference system, it, it is the hardest, uh, you know, season that Dundee has ever, you know, experienced, um, you know, since, well, before the, obviously with the conference system, it, it was, uh, the game seemed to be, um, I wouldn't say easier by any means, but, um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Competitive? Not competitive. I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, baby, but, uh, anyways, I think it was, uh, the schedule seems to be more reasonable before, but now, you know, you play the big team six times each, so that's 24 games against the Erhard Conference, and, you know, we have already played 11, so uh, considering that, considering half of our games we played this year was against the big conference, I think I think we're in an okay position, and it's always hard when you play, you know, the Cardiff, the Belfast, the Sheffields, and the Nottingham, especially Sheffield now making those improvements they've made. Um, you know, it makes it challenging for a team like us to play those teams so many times and especially with the, the traveler. But um but no, I, I think recently the guys responded well and, and we put ourselves in a position to to push for the playoffs here for the last thirty nine thirty eight games in the season. So um as I said it's tough. It's a it's a difficult season. I think maybe maybe something needs to be reviewed at the end because uh you know it hurts the parity at times when you play all those big teams so many times. But I think we're responding well. And how's things working out for uh, Omar Pasha himself now with the, you know, Neil Russell took the training wheels off and, and let you fly and, you know, you're running the running the show up in Dundee now? It's about time you let me fly. He's holding me back. He's <laughs> holding me back all these years. But uh, no, it's been great. Um, you know, I really enjoy myself here in Dundee. I, I work with the great ownership um Great players too to work with. Um, you know, I like the group. Uh, you know, maybe uh, we want to have a few more wins, uh, but we, our recent form and, and the way the guys respond and the way the guys work, you do have to be realistic. And I think we're we're getting better on a daily basis, and that's all I can ask for the players. And um, off the ice, I think everybody's responding well to you know to obviously what we want to create as a club. Um, you know, with the school visits and 
obviously the social part of uh, and the community part in a hockey team. So uh, challenging, but uh, it's great, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, the rest of the season because uh, I think it's going to be an exciting one for the, the EIHL. Well, Pash, we, we thank you for your time. It's always, it's always great to have you on with you from the bridge, and we wish you well this weekend. Um, obviously, the what, are, what about Wednesday? What about Wednesday? Well, we, <laughs> nah. Why are you always so biased? I'm a Belfast Giants fan, Pash. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Go, Stars, go. Well, well, we'll cheer on the little boys from time to time. We uh, <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll give you a 7-0 win in the Odyssey next week if you want. <laughs> All right, well, thanks a lot, Paddy, for having me. Have a good day. All the best. Cheers, Pash. Thank you. Thanks to Murph and to Pash. Um, yep, Dundee on Free Sports, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. face-off. Guildford, Saturday, 6 p.m. in Elite League Action Away. That is a game without any webcast because it's in Guildford. Keep an eye at AVFTB and we'll point you in the right direction of whatever info is coming out of the spectrum. And then the belt, that brings to an end that long 17-game road swing. And the Belfast Giants, as I said, return to Elite League Action at your SSE Arena, 4 p.m. on Sunday. Tickets available, of course, and you'll, if you can't get down to the arena, you can watch it on Belfast Giants TV because Mr. Simon Kitchen's back behind the mic. Tonight says... All right, I'm like, I got to come in there. Yes, I'm back on Sunday. I've lost my pen, I've lost my pen. I actually lost the pen at Friendship 4-2. Okay. Still can't find it. Don't know where it went to. Um, the uh, yes, looking forward to it. Um, Cardiff Devils big game. Um, but again, I've got a couple before then. But mm-hmm. hopefully, Cardiff Devils have another nightmare on a Sunday, which they've had for the last couple of weeks. And long may that continue. Um, Davy, that Guildford game, bringing to the end that what became a seventeen-game road swing. Obviously, we're not going to preempt um, results over those two games or the three games in the weekend. But to this point, we have well. So to this point, we've played fifteen games in it from those seventeen games, and from those fifteen games, we've got thirteen wins. Yeah, and you know what, Jacko loves it. Jacko loves little little, little <laughs> bits nights. of stuff. I've seen, yeah, I've seen him actually gutted Sunday nights by coming out on Saturday and saying, you know, it's time to start believing. But you know, Jacko loves the little intricate stats, and I've got. Uh, you know, Simon Kitchen to thank for it all these. But, you know, since the 19th of October, when we went on this road trip, 14 hotel stays, 12 flights, two ferry trips, 1,888, good number, bus miles on, on the coach. And, uh, you know, as you say, 13 wins. Who would have thought it? And, you know, we talked a lot on last season's podcast, the season before when these sort of trips have became a bit more than norm for the Belfast Giants, where we wanted to be at the end of that trip, coming back to the Odyssey, SSA Arena, um, you know, come Christmas and, and the new year. And we talked about wanting to be within touching distance because you've played half your season on the road already. We're, we're better than touching distance. You know, we're the team to catch at the minute. And that's with being on the road. Can we translate this form? Can we make the Odyssey a fortress? You know, we talk about these things all the time. Home form has been sketchy over the last lot of years. I think this Adam Keith team is better equipped than any team has been this last four seasons to go and complete a job that's half done. You really interesting point, and something I brought up as well the weekend was having chats about it, is the fact that 
at you know touching distance, being top of the league or wherever we are come the end of this. You look at where we were last season at the end of that road swing, says, and we said exactly the same thing. We are in touching distance here, and we have you know most of the games at home right up until the end of the season. We have exactly the same scenario now. The difference being, as Davy says, we're probably better equipped. However, the pressure is then on because as good as the Giants have been on the road, a lot of people maybe didn't see the webcast. They're seeing the results. They're seeing how well we're playing. They're seeing the record. But now the Giants are coming, going to be coming back in on Sunday to start what is going to be a long stretch of home games over the course of over the course of a few months, and they'll want that same performance from that same Belfast Giants. You've you've proven it on the road. You've shown on the road. You've beaten every single other team in the Elite League over the course of those seventeen games at least once. Now you're coming back home, and we want to see the same thing in our own arena. Yeah, and I think Adam will, will be stressing that point to the boys as well. Uh, we talked about there, you know, Davey says about being better equipped uh, this year and haven't gone through that last year. Um, with still, you know, you still got a nucleus of the guys that can, um, you know, from last year and obviously being led by the captain and, and uh, you know, you've got yeah, Darcy Murphy, you've got David Rutherford, Garside, uh, hopefully Shades will be back by then. Um, you know, so there's, there's been a, a real core of a group of players coming back who who were through that last year, so hopefully they will learn from it. We'll will go down the stretch, um, you know, with the same sort of form that we've been uh, come accustomed to this season. Because you know, let's be honest, we've been spoiled on the road. Um, some of these results and some of these performances that the boys have put in in the last couple of weeks has been, you know, has been. Nothing short of remarkable. Um, still, a, still a long, long way to go. But uh, I think that Adam will be stressing that point to them. You know, over the next, we've talked about it last week, Paddy, with regards to what games we actually have. And, and you know, there's there Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, three weeks in a row. Then they've got Saturday, Sunday, just before Christmas. They get a week off. For the first time this season, they get a full week off. Yep. Um, now, when I say week off, there's no games, obviously, over Christmas. And then they're going to three-on-three, three, um, which is in Belfast at home. Uh, then there's two games against Sheffield. And then we've got the three-on-three three against the Continental Cup. So, in between times, there's got to be a game around about that time uh, if we qualify for the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup as well. So, that's got to be slotted in there somewhere. So, um, still a long way to go. But... The boys have been magnificent so far. And I think, as I say, Adam will be stressing to them, boys, you're coming back into your own barn. You can sleep in your own beds. You don't have to travel you, you know, as much as what you did. You've done your traveling. Let's put the foot in the throat. And any team that comes across the SSE, uh, that we're ready to rock. Here, here. 13 wins from 15. Two more to play on the road before they come home against the Cardiff Devils on Sunday. Dundee away Wednesday night, 7.30pm, live on Free Sports. Guildford Flames away, 6pm at the Spectrum on Saturday. And then that game against the Cardiff Devils, 4pm on Sunday at the SSE Arena. Any other business, boys? I've got one. Come on. And I'm just... Yeah, I'm going to have to say it. I'd like to welcome John O'Bullard back because he was missed for a while there. And then all of a sudden, because the Panthers have picked up a few wins, he's come back on the scene again. So 
Welcome back, John O'Bullard. John, John, John O'Believes again. John O'Believes. Hashtag John O'Believes again. <laughs> uh, Davey? Well, the, the, just one thing. I have Paddy. It's, it's uh, a great Belfast Giants fan. He's been a fan for a lot of years. Gaza, his sister, uh, Ashley, um, in the last week, gave birth to an absolutely beautiful, beautiful, you see, see this baby, this baby girl called Piper. And I think on behalf of you, me, says Joel, the whole AVFTB family um, and the Belfast Giants fan base at large, if I can be as bold as speak for them, we wish you every success with your little family there and hope she grows up to be a Belfast Giants fan. Here, here. Wonderful. Saw that tweet come in last week and here, here. Congratulations and welcome. Well, welcome to uh, welcome to life as a Belfast Giants uh, to Piper. I wonder if we could actually get her um, made an AVFTB um, baby group. <laughs> We're bound to be able to do that. Like, well, sure, there, there you go, so there's more, a challenge for you. That's what, yes, we'll leave that with you, Simon. Thanks very much, You're, 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 you're head, head, of, the, you're head, of, the, head of the marketing department, so uh, we'll let you <laughs> run with that one. <laughs> uh, right, unless there's anything else, boys, I'll wrap things up. Cheers, cheers. Okay, so the, uh, like I said, Dundee, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., Guildford, Saturday, 6 p.m., Cardiff at home, on Sunday at 4 p.m. Thanks to Adam Keith, Omar Pasha, and Aaron Murphy for their time. Thanks to everybody out there for your interaction on Twitter and for listening in. Um, thanks. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at AVFTB, uh, Facebook, just search for Review from the Bridge. And of course, you can see us on kingdomofthegiants.com. Um, Simon, Davey, thanks for joining us. Thank Always you. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Nice to have you back, Davey. Um, Thank you. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey and we look forward to seeing you back at the SSE on Sunday. Uh, otherwise, we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.